pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. For these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. So we have wars and commotions, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in different places. And just recently you had four massive earthquakes in a two-week period in Iran or Afghanistan. And then you had two more massive earthquakes in the southern part of Iran. This is just in the last couple of weeks. Um, so God is speaking to these people and they continue to ignore him. You know how many people say, I wish God would talk to me. I wish God would speak to me. I never hear from God. He's speaking to us every day. We're not listening. He's showing us things every day. We're not looking. And verse 12 says, But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. We see that going on right now in this country. A certain man, a Christian, a powerful leader is being brought before kings or authorities and he's being persecuted for nothing but because of his faith and because of him being good. And we say that, you know, this is happening all over the world and even in our country, but uh, we say, oh no, Pastor, we're too civilized for that. I promise I behaved today, but I'm tempted already. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, where have you been? Christians are being persecuted all over this world, and especially in this country. Well, they're not being put to death in this country yet, but they are in other parts of the world. I mean, do you see the FBI knocking on anyone else's doors? And those people that were arrested on January 6th and in prison, they weren't arrested because of an insurrection because there was no insurrection. And, and you know, Facebook, you, you can cut me off if you want to, but I'm not saying anything that wasn't already exposed on the news or uh, through the media or anything like that. I'm not saying anything that you can't read somewhere else, including the Bible. So I'm either quoting things that I've seen or heard on the news, or I'm quoting the Bible and what God said. Amen? Amen. So these are not all my words. But what we've seen this past Wednesday was a true insurrection, because they forcefully marched Israel and, and uh, America haters right into the Capitol Rotunda, and it was led by a current member of our Congress. That was a real insurrection. 
I mean, you compare that to January 6th where people are walking around in the White House and they're on film, you know, and they're like, oh, uh, you know, this is really nice. How you hey, thank you for letting us in, Capitol Police. Uh, this is really nice. We're getting a private tour of the White House, you know. And they're arrested and put in jail, and they're still in jail today. No trial, no nothing. Still in jail. Still think we're too civilized to do something like that? You better slap yourself and wake up from the dream. Amen? This country isn't the same country that we grew up in. Verse 25, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. In other words, they're not going to have the answers to what's going on. They're perplexed by the things that are going on. The sea and the waves roaring. And a lot of times when you see the word sea in the Bible, S-E-A, and it's not, it doesn't mention a specific body of water by name, it's usually talking about a mass of people. So the people are roaring. I mean, look at the protests and things that's going on all over the world. That's people roaring. We've had eclipses of the sun, solar flares, blood red moons, the Bethlehem star. It appeared 2,000 years ago for the uh, first coming of Jesus, and it appeared in the constellation Virgo, which means virgin maiden, pointing to Jesus coming through a virgin birth. God announced not only to the uh, shepherds, uh, sheep herders on the hill, but he announced it in the skies. And then it appeared again, the Bethlehem star, in 2016, but this time it appeared in the constellation Leonis, or Leo, which, which comes from a word that means lion. And that was pointing to Jesus' second coming as a lion of the tribe of Judah. God is talking to us. He's speaking to us. Are we listening? Verse 26 says, Men's hearts failing, for, failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And this is not only speaking of men's physical heart, their, their blood pumper. It's also talking about their spirit man, their inner man. And, and the, the spirit is failing, the hearts are failing because of the fear that's coming upon the earth. Uh, because of the fear of the things that are coming upon the earth. And we're going to see the powers of heaven shaken. But then he says they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And this cloud is the masses of people coming with him from heaven at his second coming. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. He didn't say to wait till they happen. He said when you see yes. the beginning of them, begin to look up. He doesn't want us walking around in fear. He doesn't want us walking around forlorn and dejected and depressed with our heads hanging down. He said, lift up your head. Yes. Look to the sky because your redemption is drawing nigh. We're about to see the king. Hallelujah. Amen. And then in Matthew's account of these same events in Matthew 24, we're more familiar with that one than we are with Luke's account. But Matthew recorded Jesus saying that all these things are just the beginning of sorrows. 
but the end is not yet. And then Jesus said, at that time, he's looking forward, he says, at that time, the time we're living in right now, the end times, he says, many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Just look at all the betrayals and the hatred that we see, not only in our country, in the world, but also in the very halls of Congress. Offenses and hatred, betrayals. We still don't have a speaker because of betrayals in our own party. But do you know how many people in the world, and especially in our country, are uh, offended at even the name of Jesus Christ being mentioned? Not to mention the gospel that we preach. You know, the gospel is an offense to many. Jesus said it would be. It's more than we can count. And as a result, people are betraying one another and hatred towards one another is at a level that we've never seen before. And Jesus said all the all the these things he was describing as his, to his disciples that day on Mount, on the Mount of Olives. He said, are just the beginning of sorrows, but the end is not yet. If this is just the beginning, I can't wait to see the end. But that word sorrows in the original language actually means birth pains. You men don't know nothing about birth, birth pain. I don't either. Women know something about birth, birth pains. So they're going to know what I'm talking about here in a minute. But it's the pain that a woman experiences in childbirth. And we know that birth pains speak of frequency and intensity. They start out pretty mild and pretty far apart. But the closer you come to the child being born, the more the pain increases and the more intense it becomes. And when a woman gets close to the time of birth and the pains are more frequent and more intense, uh, the closer the child is to coming. And this is true also for the end times. The closer they get, all these things that Jesus was speaking about, the, the closer they get and the more intense they get, point to his soon coming. And these signs began shortly after Jesus left the earth. Not too long after he delivered this message to the disciples on Mount Olives, uh, they began, and he said that the end would not yet be because this was just the beginning of sorrows. But throughout history, we've seen pains or the signs, and they became more frequent and more intense, culminating to the day that we're living in now, where the pains are so freaking, so frequent, or freaking frequent, and so intense that, you know, we must be real close to the time of delivery when Jesus is to return. And what we're seeing in the Middle East right now with the attack on Israel is another sign that he's getting close. I mean, let's just look at some of the players here. And then we're going to look at how this all fits in with the end time prophecies of prophets like Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jesus himself. And I personally believe the attack on Israel by the terror, terrorist group Hamas a couple weeks ago was sponsored by Iran because they wanted to see how the USA would respond and they wanted to see how the rest of the world would respond. They're like putting their toes in the water to see what the temperature's like. 
And I know for a fact that Russia sanctioned this attack and not only backed Iran, but was involved in the planning of it as well. And the reason I say that is mainly because Israel has an air defense system called the Dome, or the Iron Dome, which intercepts incoming missiles and destroys them before they can reach their intended targets. Now this Iron Dome defense system has proven itself more than once to be capable of intercepting 80 to 90% of the missiles that are fired into Israel. That's a fantastic rate. And another 10 or 15% usually miss their targets. Like President Biden said, they need to learn how to aim better. But 10 to 15% miss their targets and only about 5% actually hit the target. So there were approximately 4,500 targets or rockets fired into Israel by Hamas in that initial attack. And the Iron Dome only intercepted like 20% of them. And the so-called experts are saying the system was overwhelmed. I don't believe that because the system was designed to be overwhelmed and it was designed to capably handle that many rockets which leads me to believe that the cyber that there, there was a cyber attack first that interfered with the system and that's why I couldn't intercept all them rockets that were coming in. Iran and Hamas aren't capable of a cyber attack because they don't just don't have the technology or the knowledge to do it. And but Russia does and and we know Russia and Iran are strong allies and they both have Israel in their sights. As a matter of fact, all these countries that are against Israel and have Israel in their sights, they all have one common ground and that's their hatred towards Israel. And this is all a setup for the war that Ezekiel described in chapters 80, 38 and, 8 and 39 of his book. And that's, there's also the possibility that this is the, the start of the Ezekiel 38 and 39 wars. I don't know for sure. I don't know if anybody can say that it is for sure. I think we have more time. I think that we're going to see a, a great revival. I think it's already begun. As a matter of fact, I know it's already begun. And uh, they're showing signs of great revival all over the world. And in this country as well. So... I think Jesus is going to hold off long enough for us to get as many people into the kingdom of God as we can. But I don't know how long that's going to take. It might be a very short time. I don't want to, I don't want to make you think that you've got all the time in the world. We need to act like he's coming back tonight. But Israel responded to the attack and continues to respond exactly as they should have. Quick, hard, and furiously. And right now, Israel has the support and approval of the civilized world anyway. But if this drags on too long, they'll begin to lose that support because of the lying fake news media that has already started to show support for Palestinian terrorists. I think we should show support for innocent Palestinians, but not the terrorists that are living there. And they're trying to make Israel look like the aggressor rather than the victim. 
But you got to remember, Israel's in their own country, minding their own business. As a matter of fact, the first attack took place at a concert that innocent Israelites, men, women, children, were just being entertained at a conference, a concert, and they were attacked, minding their own business in their own land. And the news media is trying their best to discredit Israel, make them look like the bad guys. And that's why they accuse Israel of bombing that hospital. And they're doubling down on it in spite of all the proof that we have and the, the video that Hamas actually bombed the hospital inadvertently and, and not intentionally. But they were firing rockets into Israel and one or two of them went ballistic and landed in the parking lot of the hospital and killed and injured several hundred people. Well, they want Israel to take the blame for that. But Israel doesn't do things like that. Israel sends in flyers. They drop flyers into the land that they're about to invade. And they did the same thing in Gaza. And they told those innocent Palestinians to move south because they're going to uh, strike the, the terrorists in that region where they told them to move from because they didn't want to kill innocent people. And so, and they don't, and, and they said that if you don't move south, we're going to assume that you're involved with the terrorists, you know, and you're on your own. And so that's the type of people that Israel has. And while Israel, men, women, and children were being stabbed, murdered, and beheaded, and dragged through the streets of their own country, the Iranians, the Hamas, Hezbollah followers, and uh, other terrorist organizations are celebrating in the streets and chanting death to Israel. Well, the news showed that. And I have to give them kudos for that. Amen. But here's what the lying fake news media leaves out. The fact that they're also chanting death to America. And at the same time, we're easing sanctions on America's enemies and sending them billions of dollars. We're actually yeah. financing their war. And why are they so bold now? When under the previous administration, they were behaving like children that were promised a trip to Disneyland. But they're emboldened now because of weak leadership in the White House and failed foreign policies and cancel culture, the woke agenda, and especially a weakened woke military. I mean, we have open borders for the last three years or so. And our country is flooded with drugs, sex traffickers, and thousands of terrorists that hate our country and they'll do anything they can to destroy it. And the thing is, we don't know who they are or where they are. We just know they're here. And our once great nation that was feared and admired and revered all over the world has now become the laughing stock of the world. They think we're a joke. And that's why they're aggressive as they are. That's why you see China with their eye on Taiwan, and you see Russia with their eye on, well, they're in Crimea, and they got their eye on Ukraine, and they're fighting in Ukraine, and I really believe it's a diversion. I think Ukraine is just a great laundromat for the dirty money of the world comes there and gets laundered and redistributed out. And that's why they gotta keep that war going. You mean to tell me powerful Russia can't squash that little country? No, they can't. They don't want to. And I think these are distractions. 
And I think that once they can pull us into a war here and a war there and another little skirmish here and we don't have their eyes on them anymore, China's going to go into uh, Taiwan mm -hmm. and then Russia is going to keep marching right on through Europe and down into Israel. And we'll be too diversified to gather enough troops to send against them. I personally think, that's my personal opinion, I think that's a lot of what's going on right now. And I, I know for a fact we're going to see terrorist attacks on American soil. It's just a matter of time. Because we're not as safe as we used to be. And we even have representatives in our Congress that are not only stoking the fires of terrorism and hatred, uh, not only for people that are different than them, but also for our country, but they're leading some of the rebellions in our country right now. And that's what we've seen on Wednesday of this past week. And I'll tell you this much, we can't take anything for granted in this country anymore. And when you go out in the streets today, you better get your head out, you better get your head out of the clouds. You better get your head out of the clouds, your nose out of your phone, and your head on a swivel. You better know what's going on around you at all times. And quit listening to the lying fake news. They have an agenda and a narrative that doesn't have your best interests in mind. And they do nothing but promote fear and hatred and anger concerning our country. Did you know that half, close to half of the people in this country believe that our country is in better shape now than it was four years ago? I mean, how can they believe that? Haven't they been to the grocery store, filled their gas tank, paid a utility bill? I don't know how they could even think that if they know what's going on in the world. But I'll tell you how they could believe it. Because they're brainwashed. We have brainwashed our children through a federally sponsored public education system that says you either teach what we tell you to teach or we'll pull your funding. And then the rest of our citizens are being brainwashed through the fake news. There's a lot of people who actually believe the things that they're hearing, like Bidenomics is working, and that the economy is better than it's ever been. And the world stage hasn't been any more peaceful than it's ever been than it is today. They're telling people this, and they're believing it. I mean, look at the polls. You got over 45% people would still vote for the current administration today. And I know I covered some of this Sunday, but if your children are in this system, then you as parents have to contradict the lies with truth. You have to sit them down sometime during the week and say, what did you learn in school? Well, that's not true, honey. This is the truth. God says, and we have to correct that. Well, mommy, daddy, what should I do when they're teaching this? Let it go in one ear and out the other, and when you come home, we'll talk about it. Yes. I mean, and then some people send them to private schools. I know everybody can't do that, and I understand that. But they're not being taught CRT, and they don't have transgender story hour in their library Amen. in a private school. But if you can't send them there, I understand that. 
teach them at home. I'm not saying homeschool them. I'm saying when they come home from school, teach them the truth. Amen? And if you don't think we have brainwashed people in our country, then tell me how someone with a rational mind could possibly hold rallies across this country in support of what these terrorists have done to Israel. How could they possibly take sides with barbarians and savages that killed innocent, unarmed civilians without provocation? Savagely killed elderly men and women, stabbed little children, cut their heads off in front of their parents, and then shot their parents in the head. How could you side with something like that? Like I said, there's innocent people over there. They're not all terrorists. They're not all bad. They're not all crazy. And we should try to help them the best we can. But how do you tell the difference in them anymore? It makes it difficult. They want to bring refugees from there into our country. We've got enough in our country. We can't handle them now. And they want to bring them from a hot spot region like that that's full of terrorists. How do we vet them? How do we know if they're innocent or not? We just can't take the chance. The very neighboring countries, Egypt and that, won't take them in. Then you have the fake news promoting lies about Israel in an effort to turn everyone against them. And they, they make Israel look like the aggressive, the aggressors, and they're accusing of Israel of war crimes for defending their country and going after the terrorists that attacked their country. You know, if somebody come into your house and caught you off guard, which shame on you, they never should, not in your own house, but say they came into your own house, caught you off guard, took advantage of you, raped your wife and your children, robbed you, beat you, and left you for dead, maybe even killed somebody, how could you ignore that? Wouldn't you want that avenged? Wouldn't you want those people brought to justice? That's all Israel wants to do. Because if you don't, they're going to do your neighbor and your other neighbor and your friends and your other loved ones, and they're just going to keep going until somebody stops them. And did you hear on the news where the terrorists sent rockets into 18 cities in Israel just this past week, Monday and Tuesday this past week? 18 cities were being rocketed and bombed by the terrorists, and they sent two drones to attack U.S. military posts and two to attack the US General, USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier. You didn't hear nothing about that. You know why? Because it's not on the news. They don't tell you stuff like that. Did you know that Hezbollah to the north of Israel right now has 300,000 missiles pointed at Israel right now today? Of course you did, because the fake news won't tell you that. Because they're too busy trying to make Israel look like the aggressors here, and it doesn't fit their narrative or their agenda. But I'm going to give you, let you in on a little secret. If you want to know the truth about what's going on in Israel right now, type in your internet, Jerusalem Post, and you'll get the truth about what's going on in Israel because it's being uh, monitored and printed and broadcast in Israel by Israel people, by the Jews. And they have a commandment that says, thou shalt not lie. So I believe them 
any day before I believe what we're hearing in this country. And then you got a few in this country, Breitbart maybe, Western Journal, where you get 90% truth. And it's only based on what they can find out, and some of that is not accurate. But you can rely on them to a certain point. ABC, NBC, CBS, CNBC, CNN, all the alph alphabet newses, don't even turn them on. Don't even give them a, a second of your time. And be careful with Fox News. They ain't what they used to be. Just look at who owns them. But thank God our country is standing with Israel right now. Yes. I mean, uh, and I think they have underlying motives for doing it, but nonetheless, they're standing with Israel. And the reason I say I think they have under, underlying motives and interests is because I'm trying not to mention certain names, but our current administration just requested $100 billion for Israeli and Ukrainian aid. Forget Ukraine aid right now. We need to help Israel. Why did you include Ukrainian aid in that bill if you want to help Israel? They're using Israel as a conduit to get money to other places. But nonetheless, we're standing with Israel right now. And thank God we are, because God said he'll bless those that bless her and curse those that curse her. And we don't want to be cursed. Our present administration hasn't done very much to help our nation in the last three years. But standing with Israel is one of the things they are doing that will help us the most. And so far, our government is providing Israel with humanitarian aid, munitions, uh, war equipment, and as a major sign of support and strength, and this just blew me away, we have deployed the 26th Marine Division, which is a combat-ready rapid deployment team right off the coast of Israel. I mean, just they just get the call, man, they're right in there. And then we deployed, at first we deployed one aircraft carrier strike group into the Mediterranean, the USS Gerald Ford. That's the one they sent the drones out after. And they were intercepted. These aircraft carriers are gigantic floating military bases. But they're not as easy to pick off as people might think they are. And now we've sent in the USS Eisenhower. We've got two aircraft carrier strike groups in the Mediterranean Sea right now. And they have unrivaled striking power. And a carrier group consists of the aircraft carrier itself that has 60 to 80 aircraft, depending on the size of it, a missile defense system, and a vast amount of offensive munitions. And these strike force uh, carrier groups are some bad mamma jammas because they consist of a cruiser, two destroyers, two nuclear submarines, a logistics ship, and a supply ship. And they're all sent with that carrier to protect it and keep it afloat. Two of them in the Middle East, Mediterranean. Tremendous show of force. And the reason we did is because Iran says as soon as Israel goes into Gaza, 
they're going to get involved. And these two aircraft carriers say, you better not. Now, Russia's Putin, Vladimir Putin, the head of Russia, he went to China and he met with Xi Jinping, the leader of the Communist Party, and they threatened Israel to tone down, but never once condemned what Hamas did to Israel. And how does all this fit in with the end times? Because these players like Russia, Iran, China, and their allies will all be involved in the war against Israel that Ezekiel described in 38-39 of his book. And what's really so significant about this war is that the church will be raptured before it happens. And so if you see this, these uh, nations and armies coming together that was a, prophesied by Ezekiel that was going to happen in the end times right before the rapture, you should be getting nervous. You should be getting ready. Something's about to happen. They're knocking at the door. And what, what's going on now? Birth pains. And the church is about to be delivered. That's why Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up for your redemption is drawing nigh. Ezekiel 38 verse 2 says, Son of man, turn and face Gog of the land of Magog. Magog is modern day Russia. Then it says, the prince who rules over the nations of Meshach and Tubal, which is Moscow and Tubulos, which is a rural area of Moscow, he says, so, so there's no doubt that this is Russia and its present-day leader, which is Vladimir Putin. Gog is a reference to, to the Antichrist. He said, God, the may God, set your face against him and prophesy. So God is the Antichrist, but may God definitely refers to Russia. And God is the same as the little horn in Daniel chapter 7 and 8. So this doesn't mean that Russia is going to be the dominating force here or that the Antichrist will come from Russia or that the Antichrist is Vladimir Putin. He's not. It just means that the armies of Russia will eventually be under the Antichrist rulership along with some of the other nations that he conquers during his reign. You know, the ten toes or ten nations and this little uh, and the ten horns on the beast are ten nations, and this little horn breaks away, and he conquers three of the nations, and then the other six come into subjection to him. And what they're doing is forming the uh, modern-day uh, revised Roman Empire. So Russia is a part of that. There's no doubt about it. And then in verses 5 and 6 of Ezekiel 38, it says, Persia, which is modern-day Iran, Ethiopia and Libya will join you too with all their weapons. In other words, these armies, these are armies that are going to be coming together. Gomer, which is Greece, uh, then Turkey, Syria, Egypt, and all of its armies will also join you along with the armies of Beth Togomar from the distant north and many others. There's nothing more distant north than Russia. And this is speaking about the armies that will march upon Israel, led by Russia, but eventually the Antichrist takes over and he reigns and will come out of the ten nations making up the revised Roman Empire. 
Then Ezekiel 38 and 39 says that the war will open the door for the Antichrist to come upon the scene and rise to power. Remember, the church is gone when this war takes place. He will come as a man of peace. He's the one riding the white horse in Revelation. He has a bow and no arrows. But it's all a deception. He'll be able to broker peace agreements and treaties throughout the Middle East that no one has ever been able to do. Trump was getting close with the Abraham Accords, but they shot that in the foot. But he will make a peace treaty even with Israel, and it will be so wonderful that Israel will begin sacrificing again. They'll have the rights to the temple. They'll rebuild it. And they'll, they will think that the Antichrist is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. But after three and a half years, he breaks that treaty, he breaks that covenant, he desecrates the temple, and he utterly destroyed, tries to destroy the Jewish race once and for all. And that's where Jesus said, if you're on the mountains or you're on the hilltops or you're in the house, don't return, just head to the hill. Get out of there, there's no time. Because that's when all hell is going to break loose on the earth that will eventually lead to the battle of Armageddon where the true Messiah will return with the armies of heaven and destroy the Antichrist and his armies. After that happens, the devil will be bound and cast into the abyss for a thousand years. But the Antichrist and the false prophets and his followers, they'll all be cast into hell. And Jesus will set up his millennial kingdom right there in Jerusalem. He will rule and reign right here on earth in the flesh for a thousand years. And we'll rule and reign with him. We're coming back from heaven with him. Now, I'm going to give you some signs. These are things that Jesus said in Luke 21 and Matthew 24 that has to come to pass before the end comes. This is the beginning of things. First of all, he said Israel will become a nation. That happened in 1948. Then he said Jerusalem would return to Israel because Israel lost Jerusalem in uh, 70 AD after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Antichrist Epiphany comes in with the Roman armies. He raises Jerusalem and they take it from the Jews, scatter the Jews all over the world. He said before the end, Israel will become, or Jerusalem will become. Uh, back into Israel's possession. That happened in 1967 with the Six-Day War. He said there will be a revival of the Roman Empire. That's the ten toes on Nebuchadnezzar's statue. That's happening right now. He said there will be economic prosperity in of Israel. You know, Israel provides 95% of the produce for all of Europe right now. They're productive. And they just discovered an oil, uh, vast oil amount on their land that they said would supply oil to the entire world for 100 years. They could start pumping that oil and devastate the oil economy in the Middle East. That's why Russia and Iran and China is so interested in Israel. They have to have those resources. To, to run their war machine. We have to have those resources, or at least protect them, so they don't supply their war machines. We have enough of our own resources right here. Right now, our 
our military reserve oil is depleted. I mean, Biden lit that out to lower the gas prices for a midterm election a couple years ago. And so we don't have military oil. We're not ready for war, and they know it. In order for us to get ready, we'd have to start pumping yesterday. He said there'll be a reestablishing of the Temple Mount over in Israel and Jerusalem. That's almost complete. He said foxes would appear on the Temple Mount. That hasn't happened in 2,000 years. It's done. They've already appeared. He said the world would have a one-world government, currency, and religion. That's right around the corner. He said there would be preparation for Armageddon. We're seeing it now. He said the Euphrates River. God called when God was assigned to Israel land, he said you'll go from here to the great river Euphrates. The great river Euphrates. The river Euphrates right now is dried up. The great river is dried up. You know why? So the kings of the east, a two million man army from China can march down the Euphrates River right into Israel. He said fish would show up in the Dead Sea. There hasn't been any life in the Dead Sea. That's why they call it the Dead Sea. It's too much salt in it. Nothing can live in it. Fish are showing up in it right now. He said Israel would be ruled by two Benjamins. Nobody has two uh, presidents or two leaders. But he said Israel will have two leaders and they'll both be named Benjamin. Well, that would never happen. It already happened. Benjamin Netanyahu and Benjamin Gantz in 2020, both elected as co-premiers of Israel. He said Russia would gather troops and equipment into the Ukraine. Imagine that. They're there now. Turkey would surround Israel. Well, how's Turkey that low land going to surround Israel? Because they have forces trying either training or fighting in all of the land around Israel right now. Israel is surround, surrounded by Turkey. It's the largest gathering of predatory birds in history. They said in the end time, there would be predatory birds gathering the land of Israel for the purpose of cleaning up. It's going to be God's cleanup crew for the Ezekiel 38-39 wars. And it's going to be God's cleanup crew for the Battle of Armageddon. Right now in Israel, there is 172 different species of predatory birds. Right now, enough birds, when God gives them the word, clean up that mess in the Valley of Megiddo. They're ready. He said diseases and pestilence will be on the rise, famines on the rise, earthquakes, crazy weather, and signs pointing to the tribulation period. We're seeing them all right now. We're not waiting for them, we're seeing them. And he said, Ezekiel said there would be Palestinian wars and conflicts and they would increase. It started in 1948, 1967, 1973, and two weeks ago in 2023. He said Russia, or Magog, would rise as a military power. They have. Turkey, which is Gomer, Iran, which is Persia, Sudan, which was Kush, and Libya, which was Put. 
the, the names used by Ezekiel, they all joined Russia to attack Israel for the 38-39 wars. That's happening now. He said we see signs in the heavens, blood red moons. He said we see increase in drug uses. How could Ezekiel know that? They weren't on drugs back then, and yet he prophesied it. Are we seeing it today? He said there would be increased persecution of Christians, rampant sexual immorality. He said there'd be sexual perversion, homosexuality, and same-sex marriage like we haven't seen right before the end. He said there'd be a rise in anti-Semitism. That's a rise in Jew haters. It's, it's off the charts right now. And what does all this mean, Pastor? It means that it's time for the church to get busy because the king is coming back. Again, I'm not saying he's coming back tomorrow, but he could. You know, they said it would take forever for the Iron Curtain to come down. And it came down in a day. You know, it said that they would never get all the Jews back in Israel. It's already been done. They had massive flights uh, out of different places where Jews were exiled back into Israel, and they filled Israel up with Jews just like that. It's already happened. All these things happening on the Temple Mount, all these signs are pointing to him coming back soon. And we better be ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. I ain't no hurry, but I'm ready. I don't want to go any sooner than I have to, but I'm ready. And, you know, Pastor and I really believe that we're going to see Jesus return. Yes. And I know we've been threatened the last couple of years. You know, our lives have been threatened and God pulled us through. Yes. Right. We're being threatened right now, but God's pulling us through. Yes. Why? For a reason. Amen. And we believe that we're going to be here when Jesus comes. Yes. I believe a lot of you are going to be here when Jesus comes. Yes. And you know what? He's coming whether you're ready or not. Yes. He's coming. It's imminent. There's no doubt about it. Yes. And I'm not telling you, telling you this to scare you. I'm telling you this to prepare you. Yes. You know, we have a we have a problem getting to church. You know, church is not a priority when it should be your only priority. Yes. I mean, I, I understand. We got busy lives. I know. You make time for other things, you better make time for God. Yes. And you better make time for church because this is where you're going to learn things. This is where you're going to become an overcomer. This is where you're going to get your strength. Yes, this is where you're going to meet with God. I can meet with God anywhere. Yeah, maybe you can. Have you? Right. If you're going to have an encounter with God, it's more likely going to be in a place where his presence is. Amen? Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm just trying to get you ready. This is real. This is no joke. We should be getting ready. We should make sure our children are ready. That, that uh, friend or relative that you can't stand, you better get past that. You better get the word out to the family. Jesus is coming. And you better be ready. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father.
I thank you and praise you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace. I thank you, Father, that you keep showing us signs. You keep speaking to us. Signs in the heavens, signs in the earth. And we're not listening. God, you showed us constellations that only you could form. You showed us the constellation Virgo at the birth of Jesus, pointing to his virgin birth. You showed us the constellation Leo just recently, a few years back, point, uh, pointing to him returning as a lion of the tribe of Judah. It's not a coincidence, it's plain. We should see that. You're trying to tell us every way you can that you're coming and you're coming soon. Help us to see, Lord. Help us to hear. Help us to discern the times. We should know we're not in the dark. We're children of light. He said he's coming as a thief in the night, but not for us. We're supposed to see his coming. We're supposed to know when he's coming. You made that clear to, to us. I know you said no man knoweth the day or hour, but you said that we will be able to tell when he's close. All these signs are, point, are pointing to his second coming. But seven years before that is going to be the rapture of the church. There's no signs for the rapture, but there's hundreds of signs for the second coming. And if we can see the second coming is soon, the rapture is seven years sooner. So we should be preparing. We should be getting ready. Help us to see, Lord. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. God, help us to see those that we have ought against so we can get right with them. Lord, I know without love, no man's going to see heaven. That's the one commandment we have to keep. That we walk in love towards one another and towards our neighbors. I don't see that, Lord. Help us make recompense with those that we have ought against and have ought against us. Let us begin by praying for them. You know, church, it's hard to pray for somebody and never come to the place where you really love them. If you're really praying for them, I don't care if he's your worst enemy, you'll come to love that person. You'll come to accept that person. Now, you don't have to accept their crazy ways and their sins, but you have to accept that person. And there's no better way to do it than by praying for them. That's why Jesus instructed us to pray for your enemies and those that despitefully use you. Why? So you'll come to love them so that you can share Jesus with them. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we're not in the dark and never will be. We thank you that you're trying to woo us and show us that you're coming soon. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, when I had my first cancer diagnosis, they didn't give me a lot of hope. Uh, and God told me that, he said, as for you, I'll come with healing. Pure and being curable because they all rejected you and gave you up as hopeless. God says, you're not hopeless. And one of the things he impressed on me and Pastor Ed Volk was first thing we did was we got on our knees and we repented. Before I ever asked for any healing, 
We repented and says, God, if there's any ought in our heart, show it to us. If there's any ought that we have against our brother or sister, show it to us. And so we began to go through our heart, and we opened every door. We didn't have any secret chambers that God couldn't get into. We opened every door. We cleansed our heart. God cleansed our heart. But we poured it out. And, and if we had to apologize to somebody, we did. If we had to forgive somebody, we did. And we got our slate clean with God. Then we started quoting healing scriptures and believing God for healing. Amen. See, we have to get right first. And when that happens, then you can ask God for anything. So get right with your neighbors. Get right with your kinfolk. Get right with those that you have something against and have something against you. In other words, let God cleanse your heart. Get back on the right track. Be a witness for your family. Be a good witness for your family. Do everything you can to, give them, to get them in. Because if somebody that doesn't make it that you had a chance to uh, share the gospel with, you're going to feel real bad about it. You don't want any regrets. Amen? So get out there and get the word out. Is there anybody in here right now that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Is there anybody in here that knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior but turned your back on him? Is there anybody in here that wants to get right with God today? We can pray for you right now. And in 30 seconds, have you right with God and on your way to heaven or back on your way to heaven? Anybody? Okay. You say you're saved, I'll take your word for it. You and God are the only ones that know. Amen? We love you and appreciate you. We'll see you Wednesday or Sunday or the next time you come to visit. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.